Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Thank you for this precious time that we have here tonight in the name that is above all names. Jesus, you got it, brother. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me see now. I was, I was talking to Pastor Poole about this. I was preparing my message, and um, I knew what I was going to be doing. I, I knew I was going to be up here a few weeks ago, and so I was like, I, okay, I got the message. I've already got it, right? And so I just kind of let it sit there because I find if I... If I spend too much time with it, it's almost like too many cooks spoil the broth kind of thing. I, I, I get into it so much that I confuse myself. And if I'm confused, there's no way you're walking away without being even worse than that. So I left it, right? And I decided I'm going to look at this thing on Monday, right? I said, I've got, I've got it, the meat's there, right? I just got to gotta arrange the, the, the food on the plate a little bit, if you will, right? And I look at this thing and I go, oh, my God, I've already done this message there. I can't do that. And um, so I'm, I'm not frantic because, you know, there, there's, there's only one problem with this word of God here. It's in abundance. It's, there's so much abundance. It's what, what do I choose? It's not, it's not that I don't have anything. It's that I have so much. I don't know what's, what, 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 do we, what do we choose? So anyway, for a couple of days, Monday and Tuesday, I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting nowhere. I can't come up with something. And I hear this voice, and I tell you, it was God. I know it was God. He's, you know what he's saying? God, God, God does, you know, the fullness of time came 2,000 years ago. But God is still around in 2019. Yeah. I know that because he said to me, he said, look in your thumb drive. Okay. I'm telling you, he said, look in your thumb drive. Yeah. And I did, and I plugged it in there, and I said, because oh. what happened was I was looking at my computer, and I saw, this, I saw this, uh, this PowerPoint that I put together. It says this. Where is it at? Maybe if I turn it on, that'll help. Put on the new man. That's why I'm thinking, I already did it. I've got the entire PowerPoint there. I can't do that again. But you know what I did? See, now there's, we have Jacob's Ladder on Monday nights. And put on the new man is, 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 the, is the title of the chapter, the sixth chapter of, of the Jacob's Ladder book. And that's what I had created that PowerPoint for, and I remembered it. I said, oh, wow, that, then, then I can do that on Wednesday night. <laughs> but you know, the other thing is I go to the prison too. And, I, and, I, and, and this message, I loved it so much that I taught it to them down there too. So I got to kind of want to figure out sometimes, who have I spoken to about this? Because I speak to a lot of people. So if I mistake you for a convict, please don't be upset with me about that. I just, <laughs> I, it's all the same. I mean, you know. <laughs> We all need the word. <laughs> so put on the new man. But before we get to putting on the new man, I didn't put it all up there. I just want to, I want to give you the context. This is, this is from the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians. And I want to give you a little bit of context, what Paul is talking about here. And I'm going to pick it up in the 11th verse. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. If you've got a Bible with you, if you've got your phone with you, um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he, Jesus, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Why? Why did he do that? He answers the question for, he says, he says, for the equipping of the saints, Amen. for the work of the ministry. That's why he gave us those, right? 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. To edify means to build up. It's actually a construction term. To build a strong building. So God gives us apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and all this stuff so that we can, we can be, you and me, can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Specifically on this night, my job is to equip the congregation. And so I, I, I take that seriously, but I, it, I, I, I'm, I'm relaxed with it because it's what God has called me to do. And I'm, I'm used to working for him. I like it. He's a good boss. You know, the payday is something else. <laughs> and it happens all the time. It happens all the time. So he gave us these things for the equipment of the church. He says, till, till now, he says, till we, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We all need to come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge being not just, not just book knowledge, this knowledge of the Son of God is an intimate knowing God. This is, it's a relational knowing God. It's not just, well, okay, I read this and this is how I make a cake, right? That's knowledge. No, this is, this is experiential knowledge, knowing who God is. So we all come to that unity. That was another reason he gave us teachers and pastors, to show us how to do that. He says, he says, to a, he says so, so we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of God to a perfect man. Every time I see that word perfect, I look it up because I, have to, I want to make sure what it means. It doesn't mean without error. It means complete. It means a mature. And it's not man, it's mankind. It's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with just men and women don't get complete. That's, that's not it at all. He says, so he says, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now I'm going to put this all together. He does this for us for the equipment of the saints till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to the perfect or the complete or the mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It says that he, Jesus, gave us all these things because this is the point that he is aimed at. It's not the point that we choose for ourselves. It's the point that he chose for us. He says, this is the target. I've given you teachers and pastors and apostles. And the reason I did that is because I want to educate you. I want to build you up. I want to strengthen you so that you can become like Christ. I want you to come to the measure and the stature of Christ. That is an intense statement. No losers in this room. Not if you're following this. More than conquerors. Right? That's the point that Jesus chose for us. It's not the point that I'm choosing. It's, I'm not interpreting. Let me read it to you. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles. He. Jesus gave some apostles, pastors, teachers, all this, right? For the equipping Till we come to intimate knowledge of the Son of God and complete maturity as the people of God. And it's going to be to the measure and to the fullness of Christ. How many of you know that Christ's fullness is overflowing? That's where we're supposed to be. The church is supposed to be powerful. 
You know, as I think about this, you know, for the last few weeks, Pastor John has, has he's, he's been in, he's, I've been sitting right over there. I usually sit over there in the first service with my wife. And he likes to tell people, he says, hey, that guy right over there, Howie, that guy's a Jesus freak. He says, he's one of those fanatics. He, he thinks God meant what he said. He'd been picking on me over there. I'm thinking, oh, I better walk it out and not just talk it. <laughs> but I tell you what, though. I, you know what? I believe, I do believe God. You know, I get a sickness starts to come on me, and I tell you what, I get mad. My Bible says get mad. Be angry. You know, there was a, there was a righteous type of anger. The devil, how dare you invade my space? I get mad about it. If I could get my hands on you, I'd choke you out. There you go. Yeah, get mad about it. Get mad about it. So, that's the point that, that Jesus chose for us, not me. I don't think this is a matter of interpretation. If it is, you don't get to argue with me. That's why I like it. That's why I like this better than Bible studies. Get a Bible study, somebody start arguing with you. You can't argue with me now. <laughs> you get up and start arguing with me, I'll have you escorted out. <laughs> Verse 17. Paul continues, I skipped a few verses, it's not that they're not all important, but I'm trying to make a point. Verse 17, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. Futility and the uselessness. They're wasting their brain is what he's saying. Don't walk like the rest of the people, the Gentiles, the rest of the nations. Don't live your life like they do in the futility of their mind. They think that boats and cars and relationships and stuff is the fulfillment of life, but they'll never fulfill life. They're good for a little while. You know, I was looking at my truck. I got a truck now. I've had it for three and a half years. I tell you what, when I first got that truck, Bring that thing into the garage. Man, and I've watched my wife. Don't you get too close to my truck. <laughs> and I still do this, although I haven't washed it lately. When I wash it, I won't use that Kingman hard water on my beautiful truck. I go down to the store, and I get me, I get me four or five gallons of distilled water. And I wash that, and I love on it, man. And you know what now? The floor mats are kind of dirty. The windows are dirty. You should see the whole back of the truck's filled with dog hair. It runs good. I take care of it. I still keep it in the garage. But the love affair is... Now I'm like, I just want to get this payment done. Okay? <laughs> and you know what I'm telling you about the payday? God giving me enough. Oh, the truck will be gone. It'll be paid for. So soon. Thank God for that. So... Don't walk as a Gentile in the futility of your mind. That's what he's saying. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Why? Why are they like that? Because of the ignorance that is in them. I looked that word up. You know what that word means in the Greek? It means ignorance. Because of the blindness of their heart. This word blindness, depending on the translation that you're looking at, some of them call it, call it callousness, the coldness, the hardness. The, the, the strongest definition, one of the words that it uses is because of the stupidity of their heart. They have their understanding darkened. They're, they, they're not seeing clearly. 
They're thinking that they can wrestle, wrest happiness out of this world if they just do okay. If I make enough money and if I'm a and if I'm a decent person, or some people think if I just steal properly, I'll get away with it. Whatever it is, they, but they're, they're, they, that's not how it works. That's 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 futility of mind at its best. You know, in in Jacob's ladder, which is on Monday nights, uh, we the, the I don't know if you'd call it the catchphrase, the tagline, the vision statement. I don't know what, it, but. The first chapter is titled is entitled Separation from God. It's separation from God that creates every futility of thought, if you will. Separation from God is the reason for war, drug addiction, disease. That's the problem. Separation from God. That creates futility of mind. And because of that, your understanding is darkened. You've got, you've got a wrong view of the world. You know, I was, at the, I was at the post office this afternoon, and I was mailing a letter to my brother in Alabama. And um, I'll say I was blessed to speak to a man who was standing next to me who did nothing but whine for the entire 15 minutes I was there <laughs> to me. Telling me how bad everything was. I'd every now and then I'd slip in and tell him, oh, we're moving pretty quickly. Yeah, but... And proceed to tell me how bad everything was. I'm like, well, okay, brother. You know, I was almost going to invite him to church, but I just had the sense that he wasn't going to buy it. So I didn't. I don't know whether I don't. I, really, I do get a sense about things like that. I thought, oh, another one of them Jesus freaks, like Pastor Poole talks about. <laughs> they let that guy loose out in the streets. <laughs> So they have their understanding darkened. And they're alienated from God because of ignorance. You know what? Jesus said, I gave you pastors and teachers as a remedy to ignorance. Ignorance, there is no excuse for ignorance. And you people, you people are the Wednesday night group. Can't wait to Sunday. Got to have a dose now. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and we see you guys here on Sunday too. Yeah, I got I to gotta have a shot during the week. Amen. And maybe we should have a Thursday service. You know? <laughs> Actually, I do have one <laughs> at the prison. And a Monday, I'm doing this stuff all the time. So now we're going to skip to verse 22, which is, which is the, 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 the main root, the main point of what it is I'd like to, to speak to you about. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a feel for where Paul is at here in chapter 4. In verse 22, he says that you put off concerning the former conduct, your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. We can spend a lot of time here on these three verses, and that's what we're going to do. So let's take a look at it. Let's break this down a little bit. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Notice here the first thing he says is that you put off. You know, I hear songs that talk about the things that God is going to do. 
But I hear God telling me what he wants me to do. He says, how are you put it off? You do it. Now, I understand this, and God understands it, obviously. Apart from God, I can't put anything off. But I'm not apart from God. I am in Christ. You know how many times the Bible says in Christ in, in the New Testament? He's in us, we're in him. Do you know? I don't. It's a lot. It's a lot. I could give you the number, but if I, I, I used to know it. It's, it's a lot. And so he tells me, he says to me, he says, you speak to the mountain. You tell it to let go. You tell it. So I do. We see a lot of mountains get dissolved. A lot of them. So he says that you put off concerning your former conduct. Um, it sounds like my mother's talking to me now. Don't you act like that anymore. <laughs> put off your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. You know what this means? I made some notes here. It means this, 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 this former conduct, right, which grows corrupt. To grow corrupt means to waste away, to be ruined. Actually, one of the definitions means to, be, to pine. I looked up the word pine because I'm, I'm not quite sure what it means to pine. It gave an example of pining away over a relationship that was broken, that was dead. Anyone ever have a, I mean, when your sweetheart just crushes you and, 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 and you're despairing and you're wondering, really, how am I ever going to get past this? I mean, it hurts that bad, especially when it blindsides you. You pine. That's what to corrupt means, to pine. It's, to, it's, to, it's like the lamentations of Jeremiah. Oh, my God. I'm lamenting. It's, it's awful, this place that I've come to. That's what it means to be corrupted, which grows corrupt. The old man grows corrupt. He wastes away. He's ruined. He's ruined with delusional thinking is what it says. That's what deceitful lust means. Delusional thinking and he's longing for that which is forbidden. I thought about that which is forbidden. You know, God doesn't forbid you from doing something because he wants to kill your good time. There's a reason why he forbids things. All we need to do is look in the first book of the Bible. God told Adam, he said, don't touch that tree. Don't, he didn't say, he said, don't eat from that tree. Excuse me, he could touch it. In fact, he was to tend it. He was to keep the tree. But don't eat any of his fruit. And he warned him. He gave him a warning. But Adam didn't listen. He wasn't trying to kill Adam's fun. There are things that we are commanded, don't do those. They're no good for you. They're not good for you. It means that we are to end, and that's we, because you put off, we put off. We're to end our old behaviors. Why? Because they just destroy us. You know, I spent a lot of time doing my thing. And then I had to spend a lot of time fixing it. <laughs> Thank God he was there with me. You know, I've heard people say it's 20, it's 20 miles in the, into the forest and it's 20 miles out. But you know what? I went in there all by myself. I come out with God. 
I didn't I didn't trip over too many limbs, not like I did on the, on the way in. Went anywhere near as bad. I had a guide. He led me out. He he empowered me immediately. You know, I, I used to I, I couldn't I couldn't stay sober. You know, the first thing that happened was a desire to drink and to use drugs was just gone. That enabled me at least to think somewhat coherently. And I knew it was God, because it had never happened before. Because I tried, boy, I tell you what, this brown boy had white knuckles, I'm telling you. So, he says here, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I love this. This is a loaded phrase right here, this scripture. Be re- I looked this up. There's a thing called weeds, weast word studies. It's, Greek, it's a Greek, uh, it's in-depth heavy stuff on, on the Greek language. And I, and I was looking at this stuff, and I sort of robbed from it, and I put this together. Paul is telling us to be renewed, to be renovated, to be reformed in the spirit of our mind. This means we are to be rebuilt. But this rebuilding is in the spirit of our mind. The old man is ignorant of the fact that originally he is a spirit. The old man don't know about that. Why? Because he's ignorant. He's delusional. That's what the old man is, right? The old man is ignorant. But Paul tells us that we are a spirit, a soul, and a body, right? That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, he says. And he says spirit first. I'm going to go with that order. The word spirit here, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, it's speaking about the human spirit. The part which gives us God consciousness. Spirit here is the higher life principle of man. It's what gives us reason, it gives us moral thinking, and it's how our knowledge is formed, in the spirit. So this renewal takes place not in our mind, but in the spirit of it. There's a difference there. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Sometimes this can get a little confusing because you'll, you'll read about spirit, soul, and body, and, and spirit and soul, they somehow get a little bit, you know, what's the difference between the two of them? The spirit is the part that gets reborn in you. Your soul, I believe, is your, it's your personality. It's your, it's, your, it's your will, your personal will. It's your, your, your thinking, your cognitive skills. Is that the right word? Your thinking. So <clears throat> this renewal takes place not in the mind, but in the spirit. It is in that place which gives the mind its bent, its leanings. And it's material for thought. It's where I get my thought from. In other words, it's the source from which my reasoning is formed. This, this had better be the source from where my reasoning is formed. This has to be the source from where my reasoning is formed. I've read this and Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. He uses the same word, be renewed. To, to renovate. It means to renovate your mind. Depending on the life that you live, my mind needed a lot of renovating. You know, if you go in and you renovate a building, you might take out some walls and find out that the, some of the electrical is a little bad and, 
you know, maybe you need to replace the truss here and there, you know. In my case, you know, just jackhammer the foundation out and just start over. <laughs> That's why I'm all in. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I was a complete wreck. God can work with a complete wreck, I can tell you that, right? So the, I, am to, I am to renew myself in the spirit of my mind. In the spirit of my mind. You know, Jesus said, he said, the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. When I read this, it speaks to my spirit. And then my spirit speaks to my mind. And you know what? Mind and spirit against body, it's two against one. It's good math. Two against one wins out. Used to be the one went out against, it was one against one because I was spiritually dead. But now I've been revived. And so I renew myself in the spirit of my mind. And we're specifically told that we are to renew ourselves in this area. That's what it's saying. This is a directive given to us. Renew your mind in your spirit. Renew it. Amen. And you know what? If you don't know what that means, if, and if I've confused you, then you know what you need to do? You need to look at this some more. This is a good place. This is the, study it some more. What does it really mean? Sit down and meditate on it. On. Think it over. Examine it carefully. If you don't, if you don't get this tonight, I get it. I hope I'm getting it to you. In the spirit of your mind. Your spirit feeds your mind. And then you're in control of your natural body. If there's another order, that's where we have problems. And I say we. Because I have them still sometimes. But most of the time I don't. I love it when people ask me, how you doing? I say better than most. <laughs> Worse than others, but not very many. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. And I, I, it, it works out pretty good. So finally, he tells us, he says to us, he says, you're to renew yourself in this area, and this is where you do it from. Amen. This is where you do it from. Right here. Yes. You, know, I, you know, when I first came to this church, about 10 years ago now, Dan would be, Dan would be, uh, I'd be sitting there, I'd, I'd new to the place, I sort of, more towards the back row. The longer you hang around, the closer to the front row you get. I suppose if you hang around long enough, you'll be up here. I don't know. But, but Dan, would be, Dan would be there. Somebody would be preaching, giving the word, and Dan would be, Amen, brother. Come on, brother, preach it. And I'm thinking, hey, shut up, man. I'm trying to hear him. Now I'm like, come on, brother. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to chum the water with, with, with Coy and Tom back there. I says, I want to hear some amens and preach it. And come on, brother. And they're not helping me at all tonight. So. <laughs> But I'm going to see you guys Monday. There's a price to pay. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Finally, he says this in verse 24. And that you put on the new man. You put him on. Put on the new man. And here's what's, this is what's off the charts. This is what's off the charts. Put on the new man which was created according to God. You know what that means? That means like God. Amen. You were created like God. 
Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And he made them, male and female, he made them in his image and in his likeness. We're spirit. As I understand it, God has never lost a battle. I'm created in his likeness. I'm created to win. But I have an enemy, and he used to tell me, and I used to listen, because I was into that futility of mind thing. And he said, you're going to fail. And I, I believed that ultimately I would fail. Now I believe that ultimately it is impossible. That's what you call a fanatic. <laughs> That's what you call a Jesus freak. Now, I want, I, want to, I want to point something out here. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to um, speak unbelief at all, okay? We do live in a fallen world. The fact is, every now and then it falls on all of us. Boy, I got a shot about a year ago that just knocked me out. I couldn't believe it. I was just, I was, I was, I, I was so sick. I, couldn't, I, hadn't been, I hadn't been sick for nine years because I knew about it. The power that I learned about the power that I got in me, right? <clears throat> but I had one blind sign me. Boy, I was tell you what, I was, I was, I, I couldn't think. My wife was my nurse. I tell you what, I, I would sit there and I think to myself, I'm not going to tell her how I feel, because if she knew how bad I felt, it would kill her. I mean, it was awful, and and I could, you know, I could barely think to think that. Anyway, Paul tells us. We're created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. You get some boob says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, they, you know, people look at you like, you know, we all say the amen in the, in, the, in, the, in the church service, right? But when somebody actually begins to believe stuff like that, you're like, this guy's a little screwy here. You see the way that woman, she worships, she's a little, a little over the edge. I mean, you got, you need to be a little cool like me, baby. <laughs> Created in the image and the likeness of God. That is what we are. That's why I'm the nutcase that I am. You know, there's, there's a, um, any of you heard of Kenneth Copeland? Yeah. Kenneth Copeland, him, him, and his, him and his wife decided they, they, were, they decided that that the, the, the words that they spoke, they learned this from the word, of course, that, hey, you know, what, what we speak, our confession is, 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 you know, it's binding on us, right? And, and so one day they decided that, no, we're just going to speak positive things from now on, right? Kenneth is talking about this, how he's going to do it, right? And, and um, he was talking about self-control because he, he said he needed to exercise self-control because Gloria, his wife, you know, Kenneth would say some negative thing, right? Some awful thing that was about to take place. And Gloria would say, well, that's your confession. And I believe every word of it will come to pass. And that's when Kenneth needed to exercise self-control. Because he said he just wanted to hit her. You know? <laughs> that's what he said. But he didn't do it. Your confession. Your confession. If you talk about how hard it's going to be, it will be. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to close this thing down here. 
When I got saved 34 years ago, you know, I was a drunk and, and I had <clears throat> just made a mess, bad mess of my life. So I go to this church and from the church I'm directed to go to AA. And, and so I'm going to church and I'm going to AA. And, and I remember in AA, and it's, it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. It's the only reason I would mention it. Um, willingness is indispensable. That's what they say, willingness. It's called obedience in the Bible, submission. God is, you know, when, when you say this, when you say this, I confess Jesus as Lord, that means you're, 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 you're saying you're God, right? I submit myself to you, right? Amen. I decided, I decided I had made it such a mess out of my life that I was willing to do whatever was required. I was willing to do whatever was necessary in order for me not to ever drink again. Do you know that because I was willing to do anything that nothing mattered? It's an attitude. But if I have some reservations, those are extremely difficult things to obstacles to get over. But if you've decided there's nothing that I won't do believing that that's what God wants me to do. You know what God wants me to do? He says, how? He says, I want you. I'll never forget this. I was at, uh, I was at the Whitehead house, and there was this guy. We were having a Bible study, and there was this guy, <clears throat> and he looked like somebody had beat his face with a baseball bat. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this guy looks bad, right? And so I'm teaching this Bible study, and, and God speaks to me, and he says, he goes, I want you to pray for that guy. I said, okay, God, I'll do it. Yeah. So I keep on teaching the Bible study, and he tells me again, I want you to pray for that guy. I get a few of these. Finally, I said, God, I said, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray for him. There's no question about it. I'll do what you said. I said, but God, if you don't heal him, me and you are going to look pretty bad. <laughs> you know, so some people say, don't worry about God looking bad. I do worry about him looking bad. He's my father. I want my daddy to look good. So I prayed for this guy, right? And he looked the same, right? But I said, it's, you're healed. End of report. The next morning, they said that guy, you couldn't tell that anything had happened to him at all. Amen. It was all gone. Completely healed. I'm like, wow. You know what I was happy for? It wasn't that I, I, I believed. But I'm thinking about these guys in the Whitehead house. They're brand new. And some clown like me comes in there and says, God will heal you. He did. He will. Not only from physical ailments, but from, from alcoholism. I guess that's a physical ailment. <laughs> Mental, emotional, whatever it is. Um, why, why is it so hard for us to believe this? Why is it hard to believe that we're created according to God? The Bible says it. Does anyone here disagree with that? How many of you have read the Bible? I mean, it says it over and over in there that we are created like God. Amen. We're not God. Don't, there's, there's, no, there's, there's no ambiguity in that statement at all, but we're created like him. Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than I did. He said it. We don't say those things, but we back away from them. Why? You know, I tell you why I think. I think it's because we haven't entered into covenant with God. God's a covenant God. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if you will confess God, if you will confess Jesus, 
as Lord, you'll be saved. The word confess actually means to covenant. You enter the covenant. You enter the contract. God is a covenant God. There's the old covenant and the new one. We're in the new one. Here's what happens. Powerless me, futile thinking me, delusional thinking me, gets the light to come on long enough to say, God, Jesus, I'm your Lord. And I surrender all that I am, all the worthless that I am. Because I am at that point, but that changes instantly. I surrender all that to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll go do it. And you know what happens? Jesus says, I, I receive you. I take you. You're now my son, right? And then all the power that is in heaven and earth, which he created, which, he, which is contained in him, he gives to me. That's how you become powerful. You learn to use the power a little bit at a time. It takes a little while. It takes a little while just to become, become comfortable with the idea that I can, I can, to have the nerve to go lay hands on somebody and declare them healed, declare their healing. And that takes a little nerve sometimes. Oh, Copeland again, he says, you got to be willing to look like a fool a few times for God. Why not? I look like a fool a lot of times for myself. I don't want to list how many. You think, man, you should have learned a little quicker than that, brother. Well, if you were as drunk as I was, you would have. Anyway. <laughs> we need to enter into covenant with God. You know what I want to do? I want to do this very quickly. You know what? Covenant means all in. All in. No halfway. There's no stick your toe in. Well, if it's okay, I'll get in. No, all in. All in. To confess that Jesus is Lord means to covenant. It means to sign the contract with your mouth. By speaking the word, you sign the contract and you say, God, I give myself completely to you. If there's anyone in this room who hasn't done that, you may, you may have thought you were saved, but I'm telling you, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, you confess, you enter covenant by speaking these words with your mouth, Jesus, your Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. We won't be disappointed. He says we won't be put to shame. If you question in your mind at all whether you've done this completely or not, or maybe you've backslidden on that a little bit, you know what I'd like? I'd like for everyone who wants to make sure that they've done that to step on up here into this altar area here and surrender yourself to God right now. Anybody want to do that? There's one. Now, if you've already done that, that's good. Is there anyone else? You want to surrender your life to God? John, come on up here. Help me out. My friend, stand up. I want you to repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I confess with my mouth, I, with my mouth, I speak these words. You are Lord. You are my Lord. And I surrender myself to you. Your word says, Your word says 
that if I will do this, I will be saved. And so I am saved. I'll not be disappointed. You empower me. Your grace, your divine power in my life is now mine. And my life is now yours. All my sins are no more. You won't remember them ever again. I am a new creation created in the likeness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome our new friends to the body of Christ. Now, I know these two men, and we see them on a regular basis, so we're going to make sure that we hang on to them. We're not going to let them go anywhere. We do have a prayer team that's going to come up here right now. If you have an issue, if you have something that you need prayer for, listen, the power of God flows through all of us. It flows through us if we believe. It flows through us if we come for prayer, because we're believing. Amen? So I want to give you an opportunity to come on up here and receive some prayer, but I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you. For coming out here on a Wednesday night. It's a little cold out there, but it's warm in here inside the Word of God, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Father God, Lord, I just thank you for this evening. I thank you for the family of God. I declare your favor, your grace, your divine power in each and every soul in this place. I declare that the word that is spoken here tonight will sink deep into their hearts and it will grow in them and cause them to understand I am created in the image and the likeness of God. I am the child of God. I am who he says I am. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Go and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.